Chapter Eleven, Part Two of A Common Story by Ivan Goncharov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Eleven, Part Two. Both were silent. Alexander glanced towards his hat. His aunt was trying to find some way to detain him longer but your talent she said suddenly reviving oh ma tante you want to make fun of us you have forgotten the proverb let sleeping dogs lie i have no talent absolutely none i have feeling i had a fertile brain i took my dreams for genius and wrote not long ago i came upon one of the old scribbles i used to perpetrate and i read it though it was ridiculous even to me my uncle was right in making me burn all there was ah if i could but recall the past i would make a very different use of it don't be so utterly pessimistic she said every one of us has to bear some heavy cross who has got a cross asked pyotr ivanitch entering the room how do you do may i congratulate you alexander is it you pyotr ivanitch was bent and moved his legs with difficulty yes but not the kind of cross you imagine said lizaveta alexandrovna i am speaking of the crosses alexander has to put up with what has he to put up with now asked pyotr ivanitch lowering himself with the greatest precaution into an armchair ah what pain what a visitation it is lizaveta alexandrovna helped him to sit down laid a cushion behind his back and put a footstool under his feet what's wrong with you uncle asked alexander you see it's a heavy cross i have to bear ah oh, my back a cross yes it is a cross i have brought it on myself though oh my god you will sit so much you know the climate here said lizaveta alexandrovna the doctor told you to take more exercise but no in the morning he is writing in the evening playing cards what am i to go gaping about the streets wasting my time that's why you are punished there's no escaping this trouble here if you want to attend to your work who is there who doesn't suffer with his back it's almost a distinct mark of a business man ah one can't straighten one's spine well what are you doing alexander just the same as ever ah oh, well then your back won't ache it's really astonishing what are you astonished at are not you yourself partly to blame for his having become said lizaveta alexandrovna i well i like that i taught him to do nothing certainly uncle there is nothing for you to be astonished at said alexander you were partly to blame because you understood my nature from the first and in spite of that you tried to build it up afresh as a man of experience you ought to have seen that it was impossible you started a conflict in me between two opposing views of life and could not reconcile them what has come of it everything in me has been reduced to a state of doubt a kind of chaos oh my back groaned pyotr ivanitch chaos why i tried to create something out of chaos yes and what did you create you showed me life in all its most hideous nakedness and at an age when i ought only to have understood its bright side and by way of guiding my heart in its attachments you taught me not to feel but to examine to analyse to be on my guard with men i analysed them and ceased to love them how could i know i see you're such a headlong fellow i thought that that would teach you to make more allowance for them i know them but i don't hate them what then do you love your fellow-men asked lizaveta alexandrovna i get on with them get on with them she repeated monotonously 
and he would get on with them said piotr ivanitch but he had been already too much spoilt in the country by his aunt and yellow flowers that's why he found it so difficult to grow out of it then i believed in myself alexander began again you showed me i was worse than others and i fell to hating myself finally with one blow without warning or compassion you tore away my fairest dream i thought i had a spark of poetic genius you taught me the bitter lesson that i was not fit to devote myself to literature you tore that fancy out of my heart at the cost of anguish and offered me instead a task which was repulsive to me had it not been for you i should have been writing yes and have become known to the public as a writer without talent put in piotr ivanitch what have i to do with the public i should have taken trouble on my own account i should have ascribed any failures to spite envy ill-will and by degrees i should have grown used to the idea that it was useless to write and should have taken to something else of myself how can you be surprised that when i had found out everything i lost heart well what do you say asked lizaveta alexandrovna i don't want to say anything what answer is one to make to such absurdity am i to blame that when you came here you imagined that everything here was yellow flowers and love and friendship that people did nothing but write poetry some of them while the others listened to it or sometimes just for a change took to prose i tried to make you see that man in general everywhere but especially here has to work and to work hard too even to the point of getting backache any other man in your place would be blessing his stars you have not felt want nor sickness nor any real sorrow what haven't you loved will you say haven't you had enough of it twice you have been in love in time you will marry a career is before you only apply yourself and with it a fortune do everything like everyone else and destiny will not pass you over you will have your share it's ridiculous to regard oneself as someone grand and exceptional when one has not been created so come what have you to complain of i don't blame you uncle quite the contrary i can appreciate your intentions and thank you from my heart for them what can one do since they failed don't blame me either we did not understand each other that's where our trouble arose what suits and is pleasant to you and to some others perhaps is disagreeable to me pleasant to me and some others perhaps it's not at all as you say my dear fellow do you suppose that i'm the only person who thinks and acts as i taught you to think and act look round you consider the mass of men the herd as you call it not as they live in the country it takes a long while for anything to reach them but the mass of civilized thinking acting men of to-day what do they want what are they striving after what is their view and you will see as precisely as i taught you the demands i made of you did not originate with me with whom then asked lizaveta alexandrovna with the age and must one absolutely fall in with every idea of one's age she demanded are they all so right all so true all are right replied piotr ivanitch what is it true that one must go more by reason than by feeling that one must not yield to the heart but must restrain all demonstrations of emotion and not give way to spontaneous impulses not believe in them yes said piotr ivanitch that one must always act on a system trust very little in people reckon everything as uncertain and live only for oneself yes and is it right that love is not the chief thing in life that one must care more for one's work than for one's dearest ones that one must not count on any one's devotion but must believe that love will end in coldness estrangement or habit then friendship is all a matter of habit 
is all that true it was always true said piotr ivanitch only in former days men would not believe it but now it has become commonplace truism and is it right that one should consider and calculate and deliberate over everything and not let oneself forget and dream and be lured on by a sham even though one might be happy so it's right because it's rational said piotr ivanitch and is it true that one ought to be guided by prudence even with those nearest your heart with your wife for example i never have had such a pain in my back ah said piotr ivanitch shrinking in his chair oh your back it's a glorious age indeed yes a very glorious age my dear nothing is done like that by caprice in everything there is prudence reason experience gradual progress and consequently success everything is struggling towards improvement and progress there may be truth in your words uncle said alexander but it's no comfort to me i comprehend everything after your theory i look at things with your eyes i am a disciple of your school but meantime life is a weariness to me grievous insupportable why is that oh because you are not suited to the new order of things for all the mistakes you charged me with just now said piotr ivanitch after an instant's thought i have one great justification do you remember when you first arrived here after five minutes talk with you i advised you to go back you would not listen to me why do you attack me now then i told you beforehand that you were not fitted for the existing order of things and you trusted to my guidance asked for my advice and talked in grand style of contemporary triumphs of science of the struggles of humanity of the practical bent of the age well there you are it wasn't possible for me to be looking after you like a nurse from morning till night why should i i couldn't be your sponsor or even put a handkerchief over your mouth at night to keep the flies off i told you the fact because you asked for it and what has come of it is nothing to do with me you were not a baby nor a fool you can reason for yourself then instead of doing your work you're first groaning over some girl's fickleness then weeping over a separation from a friend first wretched over the emptiness of your heart then over its fullness what sort of life is that why it's misery look at the young men of to-day they are young men worth having they all seem boiling over with intelligent activity and energy how skilfully and easily they steer their way through all the nonsense which in your old jargon is called passionate emotion spiritual agonies and devil knows what how easily you talk said lizaveta alexandrovna have you no pity for alexander no if he had a pain in his back i should pity him that's not an idea nor a dream nor romantic but a real sorrow ugh tell me at least uncle what i had better do now how with your good sense do you solve that problem what you should do why go back to the country to the country repeated lizaveta alexandrovna are you mad piotr ivanitch what can he do there to the country repeated alexander and both looked at piotr ivanitch yes to the country there you would be with your mother and be a comfort to her you are seeking a peaceful life now there is everything to agitate you here and what place could be more peaceful than there by the lake with your aunt upon my word i would go and who knows perhaps you may ah he clutched at his spine in a fortnight alexander had sent in his resignation and had come to take leave of his uncle and aunt alexander and his aunt were mournful and silent tears were shining in lizaveta alexandrovna's eyes piotr ivanitch was the only one who talked 
neither career nor fortune he said shaking his head was it worth while coming you are a disgrace to the name of adouev that's enough pyotr ivanitch said lizaveta alexandrovna we are sick of hearing of a career well my dear to have done nothing in seven years good-bye uncle said alexander thank you for all for all no for nothing good-bye alexander don't you want any money for the journey no thank you i have some what does it mean he never will take any it really irritates me at last well good-bye good-bye aren't you sorry to part with him murmured lizaveta alexandrovna hm muttered pyotr ivanitch i have grown used to him remember alexander that you have an uncle and a friend do you hear and if you need a post or something to do or vile dross come straight to me you will always find them all and if you want sympathy said lizaveta alexandrovna comfort in trouble warm trusting affection and sincere outpourings added pyotr ivanitch then remember lizaveta alexandrovna went on that you have an aunt and a friend come my dear that he will not need in the country they are all there flowers and love and outpourings and even an aunt alexander was much affected he could not say a word at parting from his uncle he was offering to embrace him but not quite so confidently as seven years before pyotr ivanitch did not embrace him but only took him by both hands and shook them more heartily than seven years ago lizaveta alexandrovna was shedding tears ah there's a burden off me thank god said pyotr ivanitch when alexander had gone i feel as if my back felt easier what did he do to you his wife articulated through her tears why it was simply misery worse than the factory hands if they play the fool you can give them the whip but what was one to do with him his aunt wept the whole day and when pyotr ivanitch asked for his dinner he was told that nothing had been prepared that the mistress had shut herself up in her room and given the cook no directions in all alexander said pyotr ivanitch what a worry he is he walked up and down and then went off to dine at the english club End of chapter 11 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine